0: Welcome to King of Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. Have faith in God. And I just want to say this, that whether you realize it or not, we all have faith in something. And I just want to propose to you the best place to put your faith is in Him and in Him alone not in our strength, not in the government, not in our best efforts. You know, if you're thinking about right now, you're all you're demonstrating faith by simply sitting in a chair. If you didn't believe it would hold you, you wouldn't be sitting there. And, and the Lord wants us to begin to stir up our faith. And faith comes from what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. This past week, um, Tuesday during prayer, before prayer, the Lord gave me, the oddest, I felt like it was pretty odd, the oddest scripture, I mean it's in the words that so can't be too odd, but I mean in the sense of I wasn't expecting it, Lord what is on your heart for prayer, and this is a little dovetail, this wasn't even one of my four sermons, but that's okay, we're going to follow the Holy Spirit, right? Okay, so Proverbs 1814. You don't need to look there. I'm just going to give you the scripture. It says the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? And the Lord began to show me that there's been many of us in this body that have been dealing with a broken spirit. And the Lord had us call you by name and declare strength in your spirit name your spirit man is where the Holy Spirit dwells. David, you know, he had been out in um, battle, and they come back, and they come back to the community, and they found out that all the, the women and the children had been carried away, and his men turned against him, and they're thinking, we need to kill this leader. They're just upset. I mean, let, let's be honest. If, if, our men came, you know, back from the men's meeting this past week and, and, and they come home and all their wives and children have been carried out. You know, they, they might look to, hey, we're a little upset about this. Let's get Sam! But it says, David, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And I feel like the Lord wants us, um, it, as we're in this new season, this new year, I really want you to begin to ask the Lord, how can I strengthen my spirit in you so that I can stand no matter what I face? Does that make any sense? Okay, so let's just go back to here. So anyway, back to to Mark. Um, I'm gonna start verse 11, verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Assuredly, I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. That's a good word right there. I'm going to read it again, that's so good. Because if faith comes from hearing, and hearing is the word of God, and, you know, we can sit here and let this tickle our ears, or we can ask God to really awaken our hearts to the reality of his word. Have faith in God, Jesus said, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes Those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. Now, I've got a couple of things here. We're in a season where the Lord is telling us to pray. Now, honestly, I think he always wants us to pray. I mean, I don't think that's a a new thing that I think it's important for you to understand how important it is to come into agreement and alignment with what he's telling this body because I think it's past an invitation and I believe it's actually a obedience issue for what he desires to do okay and, and I, I just want to go ahead and just say this um, I'm going to speak to you as mature sons and daughters is that okay That's what I felt like the Lord said today. And so, I know that there are some newer believers and babes, and I'm going to trust that your spirit's going to get the milk of the word, but I believe there's some of us here that we need some meat, and God's calling us to maturity. Okay? You guys okay? Everybody taking a pulse? You still breathing? Come on, take a deep breath. It's all good. He loves us. Do you know that as parents— the greatest thing I could do was was to help my children come into a place of maturity. It would not serve them well to not call them forth into a place of maturity. Is that correct? So why do we get all wigged out when the Lord's reminding us, He's calling us to mature and to grow? If I had, um, if, if, Grayson or Charlotte, or you know, let's say you have a, a, a six-year-old child and they stop growing at six, I think you'd be a little concerned. And some of us can be in the church our entire lives and really not mature. And the Lord's saying, I've got a plan, and it comes through my church. That, that is his plan. He 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 Jesus He came. He saved us, and he says, I'm giving you all authority. Now, I'm going to go, and my plan to reach the nations is my church. That's you and I. And I'm not talking about a building, but I'm talking about sons and daughters. Are you all with me? Okay, just, just making, making sure. So, I'm going to read a couple of—I'm um, going to come back to the Word, but I want to read a couple of, of things so that you understand why this is so important. Um, I believe for our house. I actually believe for the body of Christ. That I can't be responsible for the entire body of Christ, but I can steward this this part of the body of Christ and the place that He's given me influence, which happens to be here this morning. Okay, Alright, so um, I um, I have a, a journal I, and, and as you have been around me, you know, I do listen, I wait, and I journal. And um, I have a thick one. Well, now this is my this is my little one. I'm pulling out the 2018 words. And actually this is something that um, he gave me on the first of January. I'm just read it to you. Praise me, thank me, rejoice in me. I have great things in store this year. Those who look to me and call on my name will stand amazed and marvel in the revelation of my kingdom. I am with you, I am for you, I am working for you, I am working through you, continue to abide in me, renewing your strength as you wait on me. The reserves are increasing as they will be needed, harvest is at hand and for my purposes to be accomplished, it will take a yielding to me, a joyful surrender and obedience to my voice, leading to movement and action. Harvest time is a season of rejoicing, but it also takes a lot of time and long hours with hard work and sacrifice. The difficult, trying seasons of recent years have been conditioning and building stamina and strength in my people. There have been lessons taught and learned that are needed to apply to harvest season. Look to me as if all depends on me. Partner with me corporately as if it all depends on my bride. Remember, apart from me, you can do nothing but in me, all things are possible. My grace is released, so no human can glory. But the grace is ignited as sons and daughters unite in prayer, faith, and action. Now, I'm going to keep this word before me and before us. Who wants to see harvest? I think we even understand what that looks like. But let me tell you this: you know, I think we're like woohoo harvest, but we need to be ready. If harvest is coming, we've got to be ready. And so we're in a, as a leadership team. We're really seeking the Lord. What does that mean for us? What is our part? How can we position? How can we pray? How can we look to Him as if it all depends on Him and yet partner with Him as if it depends on us? Because a lot of times, God is waiting for us to get in position to do what He wants us to do. And sometimes, we just strive and do all the things we need to do. We're not even depending on Him. And somewhere, we have to find this place where our faith and obedience meets with His grace. That only what He wants to do can be given glory to Him. Okay, so... I'm just going to give you a few other highlights. On the fourth, he said, enjoy the journey. Joy is a big deal this year. Enjoy the journey. He says, I'm preparing you and my people for greater things. Do you know what that's referring to? In John, Jesus says, greater things will you do in my name because I go to be with the Father. And he said, prayer is a catalyst. Now, I'd gotten a word back in um, November. I've read it before. I'm going to read it again. Because this thing of prayer, it's not like, oh, let's have a prayer meeting. No, like, no. Let's begin to pray. Let's learn how to pray. Let's partner in prayer. And let's let's believe that we're going to receive what we're asking for. So here's the word back in November. Are you guys are I good? Still got thoughts? me? Yep, Good. Okay. Prayer is the catalyst for the move of my spirit. Who wants to see the Holy Spirit move? Okay, so what is the catalyst? All right. Have not because you? All right, you are here, good. Prayer changes the landscape of situations and it brings transformation to the nations. Prayer accesses the abundance of my riches needed in every situation. Prayer releases the gifts of the spirit Come to me in the secret place. Come to me corporately, pray continually. I am about to move in unprecedented ways, a sweeping of my love and truth across the nation. All will clearly see me and come to decision to either receive my grace and live for me or live their lives for themselves in futility. Many are distracted Lives are full of shallow endeavors, and emptiness of soul that only I can feel. Pray hearts are softened as my truth and love are revealed. Pray for a turning to me for salvation, freedom, and the fullness of my kingdom. Prayer is a catalyst. So it's not that, you know, we're just saying, hey, let's pray. It sounds like a good idea. I want to see what God wants to see in this house. And if he's saying this, that prayer's a catalyst, I want to And you know what? I'm learning. I don't know that much about prayer. <laughs> I want to grow. On the 17th, he spoke to me again. Harvest time is at hand. You know what that means? It's in within reach. Prayers answered or coming forth. There are some things, he's been speaking to me. There are some things. In fact, this harvest that's at hand is actually an answer to prayer that people have been praying and crying out for long times. I tell you, there's some saints in this house that have been waiting to see it. And I believe they're breathing and living because he's gonna allow them to see it. Harvest is at hand. Prayers are coming forth. And he says, surrender to me. Have faith in God. All right, so our very first with all of heaven, it was in September, happened to be on um, Rosh Hashanah, which is um, in the Hebraic Jewish calendar, the head of the year. We gather here, and um, the scripture that God highlights to me, I was like, wow, uh, hmm. are you sure? <laughs> And it, um, it was when Jesus stepped into the—and and before I say it, just know, I didn't feel any um, anger any disappointment, but just a, hey, this is what I'm doing. Will you welcome it in this house? In this house, will you welcome it? And the, the picture I had was him coming in to the temple— and clearing it out. Turning tables. Now, you're already in Mark 11, so I just want you to bounce up. Actually, we're going to start at verse 12, and then I'm going to, I believe I'm going to tie some things in, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion. It's not going to be the verse that's I don't even know if there are any verses up there. But if you have your Bible, go um, to Mark 11, starting at verse 12. The next day, as he left Bethany, Jesus was feeling hungry. He noticed a leafy fig tree in the distance. So he walked over to see if there was any fruit on it, but there was none, only leaves, for it wasn't yet the season for bearing fruits. Jesus spoke to the fig tree, saying, No one will ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples overheard him. While they came into Jerusalem, Jesus went directly into the temple area, and he overturned all the tables and benches of the merchants who were doing their business there. One by one, he drove them out of the temple courts and scattered away, including the money changers and those selling doves. And he wouldn't allow them to see the temple courts as a thoroughfare for carrying their merchandise and their furniture. Then he began to teach the people, saying, does not the Scripture say, my house will be a house of prayer for the world to share, but you have made it a thieves' hangout? When the priests and the religious scholars heard this, they began to hatch a plot as to how they could eliminate Jesus. But they feared him as and his influence, because the entire crowd was carried away with astonishment by his teaching. So he and his disciples spent the night outside the city. In the morning, they passed the fig tree Jesus spoke to, and it was completely withered from the roots up. Peter remembered and said to him, teacher, look, the thick tree you cursed is all shriveled up and dead. Jesus replied, have faith in God. Listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith, having no doubt in their heart, mountains be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, It will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask in prayer. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Whenever you stand praying, if you find you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release and forgive you of your faults. If you do not release forgiveness, don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. Now, it's been my experience as a mom. There's certain things I've offered my children to eat and they've devoured and there's some other things that they would quickly take a bite and go, ooh, that's not my favorite. And sometimes when we approach the Word, we like to focus on the things that make us feel good. Dessert all the time. The His promises, yes and amen. But buddy, we like to skip over the parts that say, if I don't forgive someone, then God doesn't forgive me. Now, I just want to talk to you. So so back to September. Okay, so back to September I begin to say, Lord, I want this place to be a house of prayer for the nations. And if I myself and the temple the Holy Spirit, I want this to be a house of prayer for the nations. You all with me? I think it's important to, to notice a couple of things. How many have seen a scene where Jesus is like throwing furniture in the temple? Yeah. And and then he's declaring, "My house, right? This is my house of pride You've made it a den of thieves." Like, right? Have y'all seen it depicted that way? Like, man, he's a bad day fruit. He's not on a tree, and it's not even season. He's cursing it and dying. And then he's throwing and telling everybody, you know, like that's not Jesus who I know it yeah, be like the baby Jesus in the manger. But I, I begin to pray, Lord, um, I want you to, to remove anything that's a distraction in my life. You know, I only have this one little tiny life, whatever years I, I have, to live for your glory here in this earth. And I, I want you, I welcome you to come in and and shift and change that that I would be a house of prayer and that we would be a house of prayer and would you teach us for the nations and would you teach us what it even means? What does it even mean? Lord, teach us how to pray. So I think it's important to do a little mm, word, looking back. So in, in verse 17, let's just look at verse 17. It says, He taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house should be called a house of prayer for all nations? Now, that's actually I don't know if you see the quotations. He, he is he is saying something that was said in Isaiah. And have you ever taken any time to see what, what was, where it was coming from? Let's look at it real quick. Okay? It is Isaiah 56, verse 7. It says, even them I'll bring to my holy mountain. Are you there? And I'll make them what? 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 He wants to make us joyful in prayer, in his house of prayer. So, just that, what if we begin to ask the Lord, give me the heart set that there's joy in in the house of prayer. That this isn't an obligation or duty or have to, but this is a joyful place, this house of prayer. And their offerings and their sacrifices, we accepted on my altar, for they will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And then he says, and I want you to note, I don't know if you noticed this, back, in Mark, it says, he went through the temple and then he talked. So I don't, I, don't, I just have a feeling it's possible that he didn't have this little angry smile on his face. He said, like, listen, the house is to be a house of prayer. And... You've made it, again, wilders. I think it would be important to put that in context. What does that even mean? It could be because there's tables being turned about the money changers. But what if there's actually a little bit more? The only way we're going to know is to look at where does that term come from and why is it there. Would you like to go there with me? Okay. Go to Jeremiah 7. believe, and he's going to tell this together. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, verse 1, saying, Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah, who enter into these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord God of hosts, The God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings and I'll cause you to dwell in this place. Don't trust in these lying words saying, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, If you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, and you do not shed innocent blood in this place or walk after other gods to your own hurt, then I'll cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will you steal and murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, walk after other gods whom you don't know, and then come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name and say, we're delivered to do all these things, these abominations? Has this house which is called by my name, become a den of these in your eyes. Behold, I, even I, have seen it. I have a hunch that he was talking more about what we just read than just the money changers. Jeremy, I know you're supposed to be here, but just hold on. Is everybody okay that we keep going? Okay. I just feel like this is a really important word. Do you feel the weight of him right now? In our nation and it shifted some we have a, a, a church going culture when I say it shifted some what used to be the thing we do we don't even really see the need to do it I think it's really important that we get he's really not interested in our religious activities He came for sons and daughters in relationship. Jeremiah, you know, the Lord said, don't tell them, well, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Basically, the people were living their lives in their own ways and thinking nothing bad can ever happen because the temple of God is here in Jerusalem. I just want to propose that if the only time one is reading or feeding in the Word of God or worship or prayer, when they come here and I I wear a cross around my neck or I've got this big Bible, and yet we're not walking in fellowship and surrender and abiding in Him, we can ourselves be deceived. Does that make sense? Are you all still with me? Everybody breathing. Okay. Are you feeling, you know, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So there shouldn't be any condemnation. I just feel like God's saying, hey, guys, grow up. There's a harvest coming, and I need mature sons and daughters to walk around new babies. That's, that's really what this is about. And then there's something about praying that's a big piece in this. Now I'll go back to Mark. I'm going to talk a little bit about the fig tree. Because <laughs> I feel like, you know, the thing is, is like we can read what we opened out in, in verses you know, 23 and 24. And go Yeah, I have faith in God and believe and pray. If I pray, I'm going to receive it. Yes, amen. woo Right? But I think it's important to like take that and put it in context of it all. Is that okay? All right. So let's think about the fig tree. And I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit in just a minute is getting ready to go, oh, I see. Okay, when's the first time in the Bible there's ever a fig tree mentioned? That's right. And what do we know about that fig tree? That's right. They took the leaves of a fig tree and what they want to do? Cover themselves. Jesus is coming up and he's seeing this tree that is full of leaves, but not bearing… I don't want to be a house full of green leaves and not bearing fruit. Are you with me? And so, I believe he was helping to say, hey, having the, the sense of godliness without the power is not going to work for my kingdom. But if you hear my voice, if you hear what I'm saying and do, and you come into agreement, and you begin to pray and see, and you're asking for the right reasons, which is the harvest, you're going to get everything you need. Ask, and you receive. Believe in your heart. Now, are doubts going to come? Has anybody believed something in their spirit? Man, you know God's telling you, and you're standing strong. We've all had places like that. Have you ever had a place where then the doubts come in your mind? Absolutely, but we've got to learn how to deal with doubt, and that's why I said I have four messages. in for another day. You should come back. Here's a thought. I mean, Jesus looked at a, a little tree, and I don't. I don't honestly. I don't know that he cursed it. Peter Peter, that was what Peter took it as. I think he just acknowledged what was happening in that tree. No fruit. No one's gonna ever eat from you. You know, he just called it out, is what it was. And they're marveling, and then he says, Have faith in God, as surely I say to you, whoever says this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart but believes that these things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now imagine this. it could be a literal mountain. It could be. Could you imagine looking at Mount Mitchell and saying, "Go to the Atlantic Ocean?" That'd be a sight like sea, but but what if... I mean, he spoke to the, the tree, but, but what if there is something that we're missing? Like do you know in the scriptures, a lot of times a metaphor of mountains is actually speaking of kingdoms? And, and did you know that the seas actually represent humanity, the sea of humanity? What if he was saying, "Hey!" If you look out in those situations that people have needs, and you bring my kingdom into that place, it'll come. Is that a little bit of paradigm shift? Do you know that everywhere we go, we carry the kingdom? He's saying that it's at hand. And, you know, I do believe people are going to be coming here and drawn here, but I believe a lot more is going to happen when we realize as we go, we carry the kingdom with us, and we have eyes to see the people around us, and our hearts are moved with compassion, like Jesus' heart was moved with compassion. And we're like, oh, Lord, raise up the workers. I want to be a worker in the harvest. And, and you know, my—just what if each one of us in our day-to-day life just said, Help me to see people around. Help me to know what it is you need and to pray and believe. I, is that making sense? Well, next week, I want to talk a little bit about prayer and things that can handle our prayer. I think it's important to know. Do you want to know, like, how many of you like, praying, I'm so tired of praying. I'll just do a book. I think it's important to go, oh, I need to do a heart check. Are any of these hindrances happening? I got a question. Does anybody have pain in their neck and shoulder about right here? Okay. I, I knew, I mean, I'm feeling it. in during worship, it's like, oh, what's wrong with that? I'm like, no, 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 that's not for me. <laughs> the Lord is showing me there's some healing he wants to do. So what if we just applied his word right now in this situation? Y'all have the faith to do that? Okay, so if if you're experiencing any pain here, and, and particularly I'm feeling Look at on my left, I'm feeling on the left side just a little bit, but even just stand up. Aren't you glad I was listening to the Holy Spirit this morning? Are you ready for Him to meet you? Okay, so if you're not sitting, I'm assuming your neck is is all feeling good. Now, if you have faith to reach out and pray and begin to speak specifically to this pain and ask for Jesus to heal them, is it God's will to heal? Okay, so we don't have to question if that's his will, right? We just need to believe in our hearts that he's going to do it. So if you're receiving prayer, go ahead and just say, Lord, I'm going to believe. You love me enough to show that this is a need. Okay, so this is where y'all get up and move (laughs) and pray. And if you're standing and no one's praying for you, raise your hand really high. Be like that woman grabbing the hem of the garment. Don't do, in the back. Daryl needs somebody to go around him and pray for him. Anybody else doesn't have? Raise your hand if you don't have anyone to pray for you. Guys, remember this is a thing about speaking to it. You got to open your mouth. Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be removed, you're going to have to talk out loud. Use your voice. Speak to this. Speak healing. Speak to that pain. Speak to those vertebrates to get into alignment. Speak to just ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything in particular I need to understand? Father, we thank you right now that it is your will to heal, and we are asking in Jesus' name that you would touch every back. We thank you for healing in these bodies. We don't doubt in our heart, that we believe that what we are saying it is your will to heal right here and right now, that we will have. Whatever you say, you say, Lord God, whatever things we ask when we pray to believe, you receive them and we have them. Okay, wait, wait one second, time out, time out, time out. I think it's important to keep reading those verses that are not so comfortable. If you're asking for healing in your back, or you're praying for healing, and you know there's some unforgiveness in your heart, deal with that right now, because that can be a hindrance to actually the movement and the flow of prayer. If you've been getting prayer, I want you to test it out. Okay, see if you feel any different. If, and if, if you uh, gosh, I do feel something different right now, raise your hand. All right. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for meeting Bella. Anybody else? Feeling God, minister. If you're not feeling it, you let them know. Keep praying. Sometimes, now here's the thing. We're going to just transition just a little bit. The thing is, now, do do you believe it's God's will to heal? Okay. So some of you have an instant, wow, I feel him. And some of you may not, but that's where the wrestle is. You've got to hold in that place of believing in your heart. You just tell the devil and all those thoughts where to go in Jesus' name. And you're going to stand. And believe for complete healing in Jesus' name. Okay, one other thing I feel like it's really important for us to do before we go. And I know we went a little long, and I apologize for that. But I think it's really important to come into agreement individually as well as corporately for this house. That will be a house of prayer. So, if you are willing to ask the Lord to start here in your own temple of the Holy Spirit, that you're willing to ask Him, I give you permission, rearrange my life. Show me anything that could be a hindrance, anything that's out of the way. I'd like you to stand to your feet. Lord, make me a house of prayer for the nations. Father, you see each one of your sons and each one of your daughters that is saying, I am your child, you dwell in me, and I want to be house of prayer for the nations. I don't even know what that means. But I want to come into agreement and alignment that if there's anything in my life that would prevent me from cooperating with you in this way, that you would show me, that you would come in and you would disrupt my routines, you disrupt my priorities to make them your priorities. You'd overturn the distractions so that I can be about my Father's business. And I trust you in your leadership. And here's the thing, guys. Each one of us are in different places in our prayer journey, and it's super important that you don't look at someone else and go, well, I don't pray like that, so I don't know how to pray. You start right where you are, and here we go up this hand up and just say, Jesus, would you teach me how to pray? all you gotta say Jesus that's what the disciples did he went to he, they went to Jesus they saw Jesus going off being with the father and then coming and then and doing what he did around the people and they said Jesus would you teach me how to pray so just say that with me say Jesus will you teach me how to pray all right one last thing who's in this house, this corporate, us being, living, um, stones fitted together for His glory. Who's here to say, I want what God wants in this house? Okay, let's do it. Raise your hand. Two okay. Lord, we just ask, you would make us a house of prayer for the nations. Give us our heart, your heart. Help us to see the people around us, the way you see them. Show us the mountains you want us to speak to, to see them cast into the sea. Help us to believe. Help us have faith in God. And help us to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory's Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at K-O-G underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash K-O-G